Hello, we are learning the Sikha of Akev and Chaf Menachemov. The Sikha connects both to Akev, to Parashas Akev, as well as to Chaf Menachemov, which is the yard site of the Rebbe's father, Harav Agarin, Rav Achasad Vachulu Hamakubul, Mireno Arav Rablevi Yitzchak, Sikhrein and the The Rebbe's father was the Rav in what was then known as Yekaterinoslav, today it's called in Petrovsk. And the Rebbe's father was Meser Nefesh to spread Yiddishkeit, to teach Yiddishkeit despite the Gzeris, despite the decrees of the communist regime. Ultimately, he was arrested shortly before Pesach, Tafresh Tzadik Test, 1929, 1939. And ultimately, after that, was sent to Golos, to exile, far away to Kazakhstan. And on Chav of Tav Dalid, 1944, the Rebbe's father, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, was Nifter in Almata in Kazakhstan. And this Sikha connects both the Parsha and Chav Menachem of. The Sikha begins with a Yerushalmi. In our Parsha, in Perek Yud, it speaks about the Luchas, that Meshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchas, and then the Abishter came. It told him that he could make a second luchis, and Meshe Rabbeinu brought down the second luchis. Then the pasuk continues that Yidden traveled from Be'edis B'nayakon to Meseira, and that's where Aaron passed away, and Elazar Hakayin, Elazar Aaron's son, took over the position of Kayin after Aaron. And there's a bunch of questions here because. Um, it seems to be totally disconnected in the order of the parsha. Aaron didn't pass away in Meseda, he passed away in Herahar. But the Yerushalmi says like this, Lama Nismecha, Parshas, Shvides Aluchais, the Mrs. Aaron. Why is there, uh, why is the parsha, the story of the breaking of the Luchais, juxtaposed to the uh, passing of Aaron to teach you that the passing of a tzaddik is as difficult to the Ebishter as the breaking of the Luchas. And that's the passage, that's the teaching upon which this Sicha is established. To explain the reason of the juxtaposition of the story of the breaking of the Luchas. To the passing of Aaron in our parsha, Amrur Razal, our sages tell us, Chazal tells us, that the passing of a tzaddik is as difficult to Hashem as the breaking of the luchas. That's what the Gemara in Yerushalmi says, and that's one of the explanations for this structure in the parasha of Ekev. If Teiras Emes, the Teira of truth, compares two things, this is a true an all-encompassing comparison. This would imply that the comparison between the passing of a tzaddik and the breaking of the luchais is not just that both are difficult to Hashem, and not just that the level of hardship is equal in both of these ideas, both of these events, but also in their 
in their uh, content, in their theme, in what they represent, they are identical. And the reason that both of these things are difficult to Hashem is because of the fact that they are identical in what they represent in their definition. And since they are identical in their definition, so is therefore understood that the various details that we find in the breaking of the luchos would have a similar uh, a, a parallel in the passing of a tzaddik. And this is our question: What is the common denominator between the breaking of the luchos? And the passing of tzaddikim on a general level, in general, what 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 makes them similar? And where do you see the parallel in the specific details of each respective event, the breaking of the luchais and the passing of the tzaddik? So, in order to understand this, the Rebbe in true fashion, if I may say so, is going to turn around Shvidas Aluchis and find a positive in it. Even though we're saying Kasha, that it's difficult, we're gonna find a positive in the breaking of the Luchis. Even though the breaking of the luchis was a tzara, it was a, a, a sad thing, it was a sorrow. And it's something that this specific Maimar Chazal tells us, that it's kosher, it's difficult to Hashem. So we find a positive in the breaking of the luchis. And the proof. When the Yidin went out to war, to battle, the Oren, within which was lying the broken shards of the Luchais, were sitting, went with the Yidin to Mulchama. This Oren, with the Shivri Luchais, went to Mulchama. The broken pieces of the Luchais. Remind us of the hate of the sin of the Yidden. Not just any sin, but the sin, the sin of the of the Egel Azov, upon which the Pasik says, When I remember, I will remember their chatoim, their sins. And Chazal explains, She'ein put onus bo'al Yisrael. There is no punishment, no consequence, negative consequence that comes upon the Yidin that doesn't include somewhat of a reciprocity for the sin of the Egel Azov. So the Echshivrei Luchais are reminding us and the Ebishter of one of the most cardinal Avedas in our history. So how is it possible that when Yidin are going out to battle, which then more than ever they need the Abishter to find a schus, a merit for them, and the awakening, the arousal of mercy 
al yedei mitzvus and ma'isim toivim through mitzvus and ma'isim toivim. Now derech mashenemar kiseitzim achna alivecha gemar v'hoyu machenecha kadosh similar to the pasuk that teaches us that when they go out to battle against their enemies, they should keep their their machena, they should keep their camp kadosh holy because and on the way to melchama you need to have every possible schus and every possible rachamim from the ebishter. So how is it possible that Davke Oz Luchas? That then when they're going to war, they should take with them the broken pieces of the Luchas, something that reminds them or the Abishter of the sin of the Egel and, and the and the uh, the ramifications of that, the effect of that. The hidden sin and the and the the how it affected the relationship with the Abishter. From the fact that the Yidin were taking the Shivri Aluchis with them to Mulchama, this from this it's evident. And in the six star, he brings from Rambam, where it says, and this is going to be relevant right here and also relevant later in the Sikha, Shivri Luchais Chavivin Lifneyamokan. The broken pieces of the Luchais are precious to Hashem. Because if it was difficult for him, if it was hard on the Abishter, he wouldn't have said to put it in the order in Shein Kateger Nasasaneger. Because the uh, the the prosecution the prosecution cannot become the defender. The Egel Azov is the Kateger. And just like the the Kohen Gadol doesn't wear Zov on Yom Kippur, because ain't Kateger Nazasaneger. Similarly, you're not going to take the Kateger, the the, the the broken Luchos, to war with them. And this is in a Ramban, and this is the same thing that the Rebbe is proving in this Sicha. Shadavke b'shivri back into the Pnim, into the text of the Sicha. Shadavke b'shivri aluchos yes inyin sheli mutzchus abne Yisrael itzin lochama. We see from here that in the broken pieces of the Luchos there is a special it must be a very great schus. Those who went out to war were all tzaddikim. The ones who went to war, it says that different people would stay away from war. And, and, and those who went to war, the soldiers were all very, very righteous people, people who only had mitzvahs and maizim tevim uh, uh, on them, with them. That, that someone who did have Avedis would be fearful, would be afraid that the Avedis would affect him, and his fear would affect the other soldiers, the other people going out to war, and therefore he was sent back. The Cholze, so who went out to war? Tzadikim. The Cholze And nevertheless, even though these were Tzadikim, these are righteous people, it wasn't enough to bring down Schus. And they said that in addition to the fact that everyone was great tzaddikim, they also needed the shivri luchas to go to them with Muhammad, uh, to the Muhammad. This is the evidence, this is the proof that there's something special and unique about the shivri luchas that are precious to Hashem. You have to understand what, what that is. But that is the first thing that we are realizing 
here that the Shivri Luchas had something special about them. But we are now moving to Aldev Zayu Gamba Misadikim. And now we're going to apply this also to Misadikim, which we just said, Nois Aleph, that they are identical. So we must say that Gamba Ba, Yeshmaelik Delev Yaseda, that also in the Misa of Atzadik, in the passing of Atzadik, there is something that is a great. Maila dugmas ha maila shemishvidas aluches is similar to the maila in the breaking of the luches. And if you're going to say that it says kasha, you know it says kasha misasan shaladikim of nagaz baruch kasha means it's difficult, it's harsh, hard. So he says in the brackets here that the word kasha doesn't necessarily imply that the thing itself is actually bad. Why? It also, the word kasha also alludes to something special about these things, the breaking of the luches and the misasan shaltadikim. Because we find the word kasha in something that was the ultimate good. That it says in the beginning of the Gemara in Saita that making a shidduch, a zivugan, for, 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 for two people is as difficult as Kriyas Yamsuf. And Kriyas Yamsuf was a great and lofty nace, a miracle. And nevertheless, it says Kasha, which implies that Kasha means that it's hard to do. Whatever that means, Kiviyachal to the Abishter. It's difficult, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. Because Kriyas Yamsuf, it also says Kasha. And it still, it wasn't a bad thing. It was, an, it was a most amazing miracle. So we've established that Misoshan Shel Tzadikim and Kriyas Yamsuf have a Maila to them, have a very special Maila. And now the question is, Tzadik Lavin, Mahi Ha Maila Be Misoshan Shel Tzadikim, U Bishvid Asan Shel Aluchais, what is the Maila in the passing of a tzaddik? What is the Maila in the breaking of the Luchis? Both of which seemingly seem to be the exact opposite of a Maila. So now we have two questions. Question number one is what is the tzaddashava? Between the luch, breaking of the luchais and the misas and shel tzadikim, and question two is what is the Maila in misas and shel tzadikim and in shvidas uh, and shel aluchas? So we have to understand a little bit more about the luchais and the breaking of the luchais. That's what we're going to learn about in Eskim. Hinei gabi luchais arishenim neemar aluchais ma'iselikim hema. Says about the luchais, the luchais, the, the tablets themselves, meaning to say the, the, the stone itself was made by Hashem, the hamichtav and the inscription, was inscribed by the Ebishter, Choros engraved, Alaluchis. It had two uh, special uniquenesses. The luchis themselves were made by Hashem. Beis, meaning to say, even with before anything was written upon them. Beis ma'alosam itzad michtev elikima chodos aleim. The ma'ila, the uniqueness that the special uniqueness that they received because they were written with a godly inscription. So there's two things. There's the luchais. 
on the, by, by themselves. And then there's the luchais with the inscription. And even though the luchas were so special, they had they were ma'isi elikim and they were michtav elikim. Becholz they somru chazal. Nevertheless, chazal tell us looked at the luchas. He was on the way down and he heard the sounds that were coming from the from the from the machne Yisrael and the terrible things that he could hear and he looked down at the luchos and he saw the writing as it flew off of the luchos he said to himself how can i give the these luchos she'in mamish they have nothing to them they have no substance Rather, I'm going to hold on to them and I'm going to break them. The Lucheda Tamua on this Maimer Chazal, we have three questions. Number one, even after the writing left the Luchais, they still were my Kim, they still are very special because they're made by Hashem. So how could Moshe say upon them that they have nothing to them? They have no mamashes. They have no substance. Bez, the second question. Okay, granted that it's lacking a mamashes, whatever that means. But that is only a tam shalitnim li Yisrael. That's a reason he shouldn't give it to the Yidin. Kim the gains on the He should uh, uh, bury them. He should put them away for a later time. But it doesn't explain why Moshe did something so, a uh, uh, um, something that's so um, off-putting that he, he broke them. It was, it, it's, it's not, it's disrespectful. Mele, he, he couldn't give it to the Yidin that was lacking the Mamoshes. He should bury it in chase. To, 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 to break it was a disrespect. Gimel. The third question, of course he has to hold it. He's already holding it. What is the Pasuk, what is the Maimar Chazal telling us when he said, I'm going to hold it and I'm going to break it. This is following the Pirush that he didn't take it back from the Skenim. Which some of the Mepharshim say that he'd already given it to the Skenim and now he was taking it back. But over here he doesn't say that. He was ready, he was holding it, he was on his way down. I'm going to hold it and I'm going to break it. It seems like the, the Echais part is totally superfluous. He's already holding it. So in addition to the first two questions, number one, what is the comparison between and the second question, which is, what is the and we now have a question, three questions. And this is Chazal. Number one, how could Moshe say on the Luchas, Eim Mamish? Number two, why did he break them? And number three, why did he say first, Echais, I will hold on to them. Dalit. Oiz Dalit is going to explain, is going to answer this last question, these last questions of Oiz Gimel. And it's written a little bit in, in shorthand. It's written, written by Kitzer, but there's a great depth to it. And hopefully we could reach some of it together. To, to explain this, we'll first 
introduce an example. And for this, we're going to introduce a, a concept from Hilchas Tuba Vitara. Raw material, as expensive as it might be, is not Mekabal Tuma. In order for something to be Mekabal Tuma, it has to be a finished product. Therefore, if you have, even if it's gold, or whatever material it might be, precious material, if it's just a raw piece that cannot contain anything within it, it's not a kabbalah. Not only that, but according to halacha, if you intended to make a specific vessel, a specific machine, a specific receptacle, then this these materials are not in the until you have your finished product. However, once you finish the, the, the kli, whatever you were trying to make, you finished it and now it's possible to be makabal tumah. And it was makabal tumah. And then the kli broke a little bit. Or some of its value was diminished for whatever reason. Even though the fact that it broke a little bit, or the fact that it lost value somewhat, is a great diminishing of its specialty, or its specialness, which is what we're planning to do initially. Because of the Tumasa Aymedes, it still retains the Tumma. So there's two things. In order for it to become possible to be Makabal Tumma, it has to be a finished product. Once it's a finished product, it doesn't have to remain exactly as is. Even if it gets used, if it gets chipped, or it loses some value, being that you finished the keli, when you made it, it's still capable of being the kabbal When does it stop being the kabbal or when does it stop being tummy? Uzvirasa, and when it is broken, from its primary purpose. For example, the mashka. If it is a vessel that was meant to hold liquids, and now it cannot contain the liquids, there's a hole on the bottom and the liquids are, are leaking out. This is how you break the tumor. This is how you rectify this vessel by stopping its tumor when it starts being a king. So even though it's going to go to Besig and Acher soon, I would like to stop here for a moment and try to apply this to the Luchas. You have the material, and you have, when making a keli, you have the material that you're using for the keli, and then you have the, the purpose of the keli. When you, before the, before the purpose of the, before the keli is, is made, the material itself is just material. Once the keli is made, it becomes a keli announcement kabbal tumah. Even if it loses some of its value, it's still makabal tumah. Until you break it and you, it's not able to fulfill its purpose anymore. So in the luchais, the luchais 
On the one end there was material, which was the Maisa Elikim, but it didn't become a Luchais until it had the Michtav Elikim. When did it become a Luchais? The Luchais the, the, the that was something special to give to the Yidin, once it had Michtav Elikim. Once it was written by the Ebishter. Once Meshe Rabbeinu saw Parach, Ksav Me'alein, that the words disappeared. So now, its value was diminished. It lost its purpose. And the only way out is Shvirasim. That's the answer to the question, why Meshe Rabbeinu says, Ein Mamish, Ein Mamish, because it's lost, it lost its purpose. Nevertheless, you, you, it's still Makabal Tumah. Until you break it. And that's why Meshach Rabbeinu broke it. Because Shvirasei Zui Takanasi. Rectifying it is only through breaking it. So that's the dogma uh, between the, the, the Hilchis, Al-Achis of, of Tumas Kli and the Luchis. Now, there is one important point to make over here that of course the Luchis are not capable of being Makabal Tumah. Uh, so it's only a, a dogma. First of all, they were made out of stone. Which stone is never makabal tumah, even if it's a, a, a completed keli. In addition to that, even flesh, a meat that comes down is tohir. The luchais, which was made by Hashem for sure, is tohir. But it's similar to something that they say in the Gemara that there's levels in Kedusha. So therefore, for example, it says that the Begadim of Ama Oretz are considered Tomei with regards to someone who wants to bring, uh, wants to bring a carbon, wants to eat Kedush. Even though, since an Ama Oretz is not careful enough in Kedusha, so therefore, even though he says it's Tahir, nevertheless, we're going to not going to consider it Tahir for someone who wants to go and prepare a carbon. Someone who wants to prepare, who, who, who made sure that his clothes were Tahir enough to prepare a carbon, we're still going to consider it Tahir with regards to the Paraduma. Because since the Paraduma needs a much higher level of, 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 of Tahir, so the person might have been careful with regards to, to, to Kodesh, but not careful with regards to Chathos. The and, and therefore, we wouldn't use those Begadim for the person preparing the Chathos. What's the point? The point is that even something that's not Makabal Tumah, there's still levels within, within Tara, within Kedusha. So what we're talking about over here is not that the Luchas became Tomei, but we're talking about that the luchais were diminished in, in their level, in their value, in, the, in, in, in their level of Kedusha. So based on this, there was a, a, a diminishing, diminishing of the value of the luchais, and therefore Meishu Rabbeinu had to break it. Why did he have to say E'echais? The luchas were given to Meshe Rabbeinu for the, for the in, express purpose 
of putting them into the Arun to give them, it which was which would be how he would give them over to the tzibur. For the chinkedim sheesberim hayatzarach lies eches sheyiu shalei legamri. In order for Moshe to have the right to break them, or in order for Moshe to fix them through breaking them, first he had to take ownership of it. So eches veesberim, he had to take ownership of it, and only then can he break them and fix them by breaking them. So, here we gave a basic explanation as to why Meshe Rabbeinu said, And that was because once the Ksav left, the purpose of the Keli was gone. And therefore, they lost the Maila for which, for what, what made them special. And he had to break them because Shvirasa but now we're going to take this on a deeper a level. Since the inscription of the Abister was engraved onto the Luchais with, with, with letters of engraving, that the writing wasn't like ink on parchment, but it was part of the very essence of the stone. So it's understood that the greatness that the writing in, uh, affected the luches was not something, an outside thing, but it was something that became one with them entirely. That the luches, the stones that were changed, they were transformed, that their new reality was one that was inscribed and engraved with the writing of the Ebishter. And therefore, when the writing flew off, even though the maile of being made by Hashem remains, nevertheless, it has nothing to it, and has to be broken. Once it was transformed, that it became one with the Mikhtav Alekim, then when you take away the Mikhtav Alekim, it loses everything. Even though it still has the the Maisei Alekim, but the Maisei Alekim was transformed. That it was a Maisei Alekim that was fused with the Mikhtav Alekim, with the writing, with the engraving of the Ebishter. And it wasn't two separate entities, like like ink on a parchment, but it was Mineyu Bey, it was one entity. Once you take away the the Mikhtav Alekim, it loses everything. Because it was already transformed to be something that was made up of the Mikhtav Alekim. So not only am I saying that there was a Yerida Gedela, which is what we said in the first half of Sif Dalid, in the Signan Acher he's adding that the reason there was a Yerida Gedela is because the very Maisei Alekim was transformed. Because it became part of the Mikhtav Alekim, or the Mikhtav Alekim became part of the Maisei Alekim. And that transformation was destroyed when Parach Ksav Me'aleim, when it lost Ksav. Yisera Mizu. Parach Ksav Me'aleim Bepashtus. Ein Lefadish Parach Me'am Gufa Ksav Eisiyas Atzma. When we say that the writing left the Luchais, 
It doesn't mean that the actual letters left. Because then you wouldn't have used the word which means a luchesh that have no meaning to it, no substance to it. You would have used the word luchesh that have nothing on them. If they, they, would have, they, they were solid stone. It doesn't say that they were solid stone. It says that they had no mamashes to them, which means that they had the letters, they just didn't have the ksav. Which you'll explain in a moment. The oid mikivon since the luchas were part of, the letters were part of the luchas, so before Meisha Rabbeinu broke the letter, broke the luchas, the letters have to still be there. So what does it mean that the letters, that the letters left? The ruach akdusha, the holiness that existed within each letter, that's what left the luchis. So from this we understand that what, what was the that made the luchis so special? The fact that in, inside the letters there was a neshama, there was a ruach, a, a spirit of kedusha in each one. And therefore, when that ruach, when that kedusha left, the neshama, the soul of the letters, even though the letters, as in their forms, in their form, remained, remained, it still was considered the luchas had nothing to them because the kedusha left, the neshama left. It had nothing to it. It was just empty letters. So now, if you will, even three it's almost three levels in this dalit. Number one, he says that when the that when the luchais, Mesha looked at the luchais, there was a yerid de its value was diminished. Number two, he says that its entire value was was transformed once it became one with the writing, and therefore when parach savme aleim it. It can never go back to its original value because its value was now dependent on the Mikhtav Alekim. And number three, the Yisaitim is in the brackets, he's saying that what left was the Neshama. The Neshama left. It wasn't even that the actual letters left. The Neshama left. And therefore, we understand that with the Luchas were left with Ein Mamish because the, the, the Ruach HaKedusha and the Neshama was gone. And this explains why Meishterino says ain't by mamish. This is why Meishterino broke it because Shvidasi Zui Takanasi. The only way to rectify this is to bring it back to its its to its raw uh, uh, to, to, to to its raw material state. And he also explained why he said is because in order for Meishterino to break it, he had to first take possession. Now let us apply this idea to Misas and Shaltadikim. And in order to do this, we have to explain this idea to the bond of the Nisham of the Guf, of a person. In order to understand this idea that by the Shvira Saluchis there was a Yurida Bemaila to the point that the, that the Luchais were dependent on the Ksav. 
And once the ksav was taken away, it affected the, the actual luchas. We'll see the same thing in a person and in the in the bond of the neshama of a guf. This is Ois Hay. Vinay Duk Mashiach Amaylis the Gedusha. Shoyu beluchas are yishayinim. Aleph Amaysay Alekim Shal Luchas Atzmon Beis Amichtev Alekim Shal Yecharos Aleim. This similar to these two Mailas that the luchas, the first luchas had. The number one, they were Maysay Alekim. They were made by Hashem. And number two, they were inscribed by Hashem. Or engraved by Hashem. Yes, the Muslim Gamba Yisha Yisraeli Shumurka Miguf and Neshama. We see the same thing in the Jewish person, which is made up of a Guf and a Neshama. Guf Yisha Yisraeli Yuba Dugma Saluches Atzmam Shayu Maisilikim. The body, the, the physical body of, of a Yid, is similar to the Luches, which were made by Hashem. Ukimayim Gam Gufa Yisraeli Yashbe Kedusha Nifla. Similarly, the Guf. Of the of the yid is made by the abishter and therefore contains a therefore contains a very special kedusha. He brings Nara twenty seven from Tanya, where he says Ubanu and the Tanya says that Banu Bacharta is talking about the guf, because bechira is only possible when two things are similar. To, to, to choose between an apple and an orange, it's not called bechira. Either you like the apple, you like the orange. You have two apples, you could choose one apple from the other. So the, the, the neshama of a yid is not to that of a non-yid. And therefore you can't say b'chida on, on the neshama of a yid. But the guf of a yid is similar to the guf of a non-yid. And therefore you could say ubanu b'charta, that there was b'chid in the guf of the yid. That's the Rebbe says in Tanya. So from here we see that there's something special about the guf of the yid, the hanishama shenit naboi, and the nishama that was placed in the guf, he dugmas hamichtav alekim, is similar to the michtav alekim, similar to the writing that the abister did shayachadas aluchas, which the abister engraved onto the luchas. Ube nishama atzma kama bchinis hein zulif nimizu, and within the nishama itself there are various different levels. Ubechalas nishama v'nishama v'nishmasa. Just like there was levels in the writing of the Abishter, that there was Mikhtav Alekim, and then there was the Kedusha that was inside the, the, the letters. Similarly, in the Neshama, there's the Neshama, and the Neshama, the Neshama, the Neshama, and that with various different levels. And just like by the Luchis, although we said that the Luchis themselves, without the inscription and the engraving that was done by the Abishter, is still something special. Because the Luchis existed even before they were written, they were engraved with the ten, with the Asaras Nevertheless, once the Aserahadibis were engraved onto the Luchas, they were, they were elevated into such a transformative elevation to the point that their entire reality became that of the Mikhtavalikim, the engraving and the inscription of the Abishter. And once the ksav, once the writing left, became something of no substance, which brought to it entirely losing its essence, losing its being, by being broken. The same thing is with regard to the guf, 
תאף שאין יסהבו שלש הגוף ועצמוסי מנשמוסי. אלא מטיפס אביבימה, even though the creation, the formation of the goof and the etzim of the goof doesn't come from the neshama, but it comes from the father and the mother. And the creation of the goof comes before the neshama is placed into the goof. Chalpipashtos is referring to the fact that the neshama goes into the goof in the, fu- in, in, in the fullest form, once it, not in the fullest, but in, in full form, once it is born. Masha'inke in the goof is already, is already created before that. Once the neshama comes inside the goof, what happens, well, even though the neshama and the goof are two separate entities, but once the neshama goes into the goof, they become one entity. The neshama becomes the mahusa of the goof. And the goof is nothing without the neshama. And like it says with regards to a tzaddik, that the life of a tzaddik is not a life of flesh, a physical material life, but it's a spiritual life made up of a munna in Hashem, yira and ava of Hashem. Which means to say that even though the, the tzaddik has a goof, but that's not what that's not what defines his life. His life is defined by his chayim ruchniim, by his neshama. And that is the comparison between the passing of a tzaddik and the breaking of the luchais. Because both were transformed from where they were originally. Because the neshama, the, or, the, or the inscription of Hashem and the Luchas became their entire Mitzvah. And once you take that away, it loses everything. So now we understand, and so in Ois, hey, we, com- we compared, notice that in Ois Dalet, he used the term neshama, that the, that the, in, the, in the brackets. He used the term neshama that the, what, what left was the neshama that was in the ksav. So this is the parallel to the, to the life of a tzaddik. The life of a tzaddik is made up of a goof of, and a neshama. But once the neshama goes into the goof, it transforms the goof. That the neshama becomes, becomes the mahus of the goof. And when the neshama leaves the goof, the goof is left with nothing. Like the luchas was left with nothing once... Once the ksav, with the, or the ruach, hakidushah, with the words in the ksav, left the luchis. So we have now, we have now answered our very first question in, in, in Ois Aleph. What is the dim de tzadashava between the shvira saluchis and misosin shot tzadikim? We now understand that by definition they are identical. They both represent the fusion of two entities that become one, where the, where the physical entity is transformed by the spiritual entity that is inside of it. It's to the point that if you were to take away the physical entity, the, the spiritual entity, 
the physical entity doesn't go back to its original place, to its original, to its original state. Because once you changed it, you changed it for good. And therefore, when you take away the, 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 the ksav and the lucha, it's aimed by a mamash. When you take away the neshama, away from the guf, the guf loses everything. Or almost everything. Guf is still a, still a creation of the Ebishter. Now we have to understand what is the Maile in Shivri Aluchis. We understand the, the, the tragedy, the hardship of the Shivri Aluchis. You took away the whole essence, the whole spiritual essence of the of the of the tzaddik or of the or of the uh, aluchis. You took it away. What is the Maile in the Shivri Aluchis? In order to explain this, he, to answer this, he's going to totally transform your view of the Shivri Luchas. When you see, when you think of broken Luchas, you think of something that, that was that was in a state of perfection and then was broken, which is true. But what does the Shivri Luchas tell us? The Shivri Luchas tells us that. These pieces were and are capable of so much more. What you're seeing is a goof without a neshama. But once you allow the neshama to operate inside the goof, it's capable of anything. So it's transforming your view of Shivrei Luchas, where you see something that's broken, which, is, which it is, but the fact that it's broken is actually an indication that you were and are capable of so much more. It is the most motivational thing that you can that you can have. When you look at something that you think is broken, and it is broken, but in truth, it's actually reminding you that even if you think you're broken, there is so much more that you can accomplish, that you have the ability to reach a much higher level. Pikola now. And now we'll understand the greatness of the broken luchais and how it affects the Mulchama. As we said before in Sivbeis, when Yidin went out to Mulchama, they would take the luchais with them. We still haven't explained what is the Maila in Shivri Luchas. Why take the luchais with you to Mulchama? And so we have to understand what's the what's the mulchama? What are we doing here? The purpose of the war of the battle was, although they were a derdeya in the midbar, they were a very lofty generation in the midbar. Nevertheless, the idea was to cross over the yarday to conquer the, the Eretz Kinan, which was at that time in the possession of the other nations, La Eretz Yisrael, to transform it into Eretz Yisrael, a land of Yisrael, Eretz, that has the eyes of the Abister upon it, and as long as the entire Eretz was not yet conquered, it's still a the milchama is that of what is, is a mitzvah is a, is a obligatory milchama lich beis nachlas goyim la says the dir leis baruch to conquer the 
that which is currently in the possession of the Goyim and to transform it to a Dirle Yisbarach. In other words, the whole idea of the Mulchama is to turn the world, turn the land into a Dirle Yisbarach. And the Koyach and the inspiration to accomplish this comes from the broken Luchis. Just like the Luchis, which already had an inherent advantage, an inherent uniqueness, that they were Maiselikim. Nevertheless, they were uplifted, they were elevated to a greater advantage. Once it had the Maila of Mikhtavelikim. They had been elevated to such a high level that once it lost the Mikhtavalikim, once the Ksab flew away, it is as if it was nothing. This motivates and inspires those who are going out to war. Did not suffice. With the milest sheeshnon behem ad atom ad atom sheim tzadikim v'chulu the milest that they've accomplished till now that they are tzadikim. Kineskilil, as we said before, that only tzadikim went out to war. Ki milchem es mitzvah v'chayvahi lezed es kol akeches lichboish. It's a mitzvah and an obligation to gather all of your keches to utilize them in the conquering. Vulashon Rambam, as the Rambam says, call eret Yisrael amur b'teira. That the milchama is to not just suffice that you're a tzaddik, but you have to go and you have to conquer the whole world. You have to conquer each and every aspect of the world and the people of the world to get them to conduct themselves according to In other words, to make how am I supposed to go to war, the person might say. How am I supposed to deal with this? So he says, look at the Shivri Luchas. The Shivri Luchas remind us that wherever you are, there's more to go. However much you accomplish, there's more to accomplish. As great of a tzaddik as you are, there's still more of Eretz Yisrael, of Eretz, to transform into Kedusha. And this is the Eidah to every single one of us in their Avedah. A person should not suffice with that which, with, with everything he's accomplished until now. Even someone who already reached the level of Tzadik. It's a mitzvah upon him and an obligation upon him to, to climb, to elevate himself to an even higher level. So, the Shivre Luchais, we asked what is the Maile in it. The Maile in it is the message that it gives, the inspiration that it gives, the, the, the fact that it displays this idea that as high as a person may have reached, there's more to reach. A person sometimes thinks, I'm broken. I'm broken, what should I do? And the answer is, why are you broken? You're broken because you're capable of more. So instead of focusing on the fact that you're broken, focus on the fact that you're capable of more and do more, and that'll fix you. 
So in the shvira, in the fact that the person or that the thing is broken, you find that its potential. And its potential leads to greater accomplishments. This is the total transformation that we have here in, in the Sicha, where you take the Shivri Luchas, which is Kasha, which is generally an Inyan Shaltzara, and a Kasha, and you transform it to the fact that it actually builds the person and lifts the person to a whole new level. That's what you see in Shivri Luchas. This that a person should always grow and never be satisfied, never suffice with what they've accomplished until here. is also connected to the idea of the passing of a tzaddik. The tzaddikim have no rest. Not in this world, not in the next world. It says they should go from strength to strength. That Sadiq is constantly going up in a, in a consistent aliyah, elevation, higher and higher, closer and closer as they serve Hashem. And although this applies to the whole year, every day of the year, we say, they're constantly growing. On the day of a yard site, there is a special, unique aliyah that is different than the rest of the year. And the reason. It's explained in several places. In order for a person to go from one level to the next, especially if the higher level is on a totally different level, Un, almost disconnected from the previous level. What you have to first do is you have to first have a bitl where you totally leave the previous level before you get to the new level. And the bitl is, brings you to the new level. One of the classic examples that Chassidus brings is in order to plant a seed, first the seed totally disintegrates into the ground and then it could uh, uh, sprout and it could uh, 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 grow into, into whatever you've planted. But first there has to be a total disintegration. There has to be a total bitl, and then you can become something totally brand new. From a seed, it can become a whole tree. Similarly for a tzaddik, or for any person to go from one level to another level, you have to first leave the first level, even though you're not yet in the new level, and only then can you go into the new level. Sheva yipil tzaddik, now, the Rebbe says in Chinuch Katan, that a tzaddik has to fall in order to rise up. That be, when you're going from one level to another level, before you, before you reach the new level, you have to fall from the first level in order to go into the new level. Now, if you're going, you know, within one level, you're going in an orderly fashion, then you go step to step. But if you're going up a level, you're jumping from level to level, first you have to leave. You have to leave the ground, so to speak. You have to jump up so you're not on the, on the previous level, and then you could land on the new level. So there has to be a nefila first, where you're not connected to the previous level in order to go into the new level. And that's the idea of the passing of a tzaddik. Shehamisa. 
Bittel Mitzvah Nakidem as the passing of the Tzaddik, which is where he loses, he leaves the previous place. Through the Misa, through the fact that he's leaving the previous level, he is able to go to an entirely new level. So he has to first leave the first level, which is a Misa, which is a, which is a Nefila, of, uh, which is a descent, in order for him to be able to reach a higher ascent, the, the going into Ganeidim. Lachim Chashana Vashana. The Yema Yardzeit. Kashem is aided a inyik mishayyavapamarishayna. And therefore, each year, when you go back to the Yardzeit, where you re experience that initial Yerida in order for the Aliyah, yes, Aliyah Nisefes Yiseida, now you can have an even higher Aliyah. So each year on the yard side, because you're re-experiencing the bitl, you're able to, re- to, to experience a new aliyah. Which is Gan Eden, the fact that Chazal include that Tzadikim in Lamanucha, not just in Elamazeh, but also in Elamazeh, how does it affect us to know that Tzadikim are having an aliyah in Gan Eden? Muchach the Gam Zeh, Obviously, that is the tzaddikim are going higher and higher in Gan Eden is negiah to us. That this aliyah of the tzaddik affects and helps all those that are connected to the tzaddik and all those who learn his tater. In their Aveda, that they too should go Mikhail al Khail. They don't think the Tzaddik is going me Aliyah la Aliyah, so too those who are connected to the Tzaddik can also go me Aliyah la Aliyah. But Frat, but Yemai Yard side, Shaz, Alichav, Aliyah, Yasses, Yasses, and especially on the Yard side, which then they're going to the new level in a much, much stronger form, so too the, all those who are following in the ways of the Tzaddik and learning his Teda also have an Aliyah Shalelefiyadach on the day of his Yard side. Now, in now we understand that the whole idea of Kasha Misasam, Shal Tzadikim Keshivri Luches, is all about going to the next level. Through the Shivri Luches, we learn that there's a new level. And also through Misasam Shal Tzadikim, the whole idea of the Misa, which is the Shvira, is in order to reach a higher level. And that's the comparison between Shvirasa and Shaluches and Misasa and Shaluches the idea that there has to be a Yerida in order for there to be an Aliyah. And the Shvirasa Luches, there was a Yerida with the breaking of the Luches that taught us to understand that there is so much, that there is a possibility to reach so much greater. That was the, the Aliyah that came after the Yerida. Now in Eishches, the Rebbe connects this specifically to his father and to the yard site of his father, Reb Levi Yitzchak. And he's going to point out that Reb Levi Yitzchak didn't just experience Misa, he also experienced Golos. For close to five years before the, Reb Levi Yitzchak passed away, he was in Golos. And some of that time, most of that time, it was a Pashat, a terrible, terrible Golos. He was under horrible living conditions. And the, 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 uh, some of the letters that he wrote to the Rebbe and to others, some of the things that the Rebbe Tzilchana, 
The Rebbe's mother writes in her diary, gives us a glimpse into the utter poverty and, and uh, 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 subhuman conditions that the Rebbe Yitzchak uh, uh, lived in as part of his gullus. Now please move on. If the whole uftu of is because of the aliyah that it brings, then there is even a greater aliyah when you're talking about a istalkus that was connected with a galus, with an exile. Like the istalkus of the Rebbe's father, Bala Ilula, Shinistalik big galus, he passed away in galus, in exile. Vabir. In Sefer Achinuch, it says that the Tsar of Golos is equal, or almost equal, to the Tsar of Misa. The fact that a person is separated from their, from their friends, from their loved ones, and from the place where they grew up, and they're living amongst strangers, that is... That is terribly painful. Then there's something more than that. That doesn't even exist in the pain of death. You're experiencing death, but for a prolonged period of time. Therefore, when a person is faithful and fulfills Tero Mitzvah even during the time of Golos, it's on a totally different level. Because Misa, which is death, it's, it doesn't take very long. A person could be sick, but that's a different, that's a different Tsar, Tsar of Chilas. Misa, it happens. Golos can go on for years. And this tsar of separation, and this tsar of, of, of living in Golos is, is, is consistent, it's constant. And the person is experiencing pain for, for, for a prolonged amount of time. Ready to throw them in, in, ready to throw themselves in to a fiery furnace, and they did miraculously. They were saved, but the Gemara says that if they were being flogged, if they were being whipped, they may not have survived because the prolonged pain of it may not, they may not have survived. Means they may they, they may not have been able to withstand the mitzvahs nefesh. Because prolonged pain is very difficult. But may it's understood that the aliyah that comes after the misa that came because of Gallus, the agra, because based on the level of pain is the reward. is a very lofty level within the, the, the loftiness of Misas and Shotzadikim. And so too this would apply back to those who are being helped and being given in the Sineskayach from this Tzadik. As Chazal tell us, 
in Eruvin, that the whole body follows the head. Even if they're in different places. Especially when you learn the Teda of the Tzaddik, which Teda unites the person with the, with, the, with, with the person who wrote the Teda, who taught the Teda, in an unbelievable connection, one that does not exist in Gashmias at all. So those, so because this is a Tzaddik, whose Aliyah was based on a Misa, that was based on a Golos, and therefore was an Aliyah Shalei Baruch. And therefore on his yard site, which reenacts this Aliyah, and takes him to the next Aliyahs higher and higher. His Aliyah is so much greater, because of the Golos that preceded and therefore the Aliyah for those who are connected to this Tzaddik, connected to this Tzaddik in any way, especially connected to the Tzaddik through learning his data which connects you to him in an unbelievable way, the Aliyah that you experience or that we experience on the day of his yard site is an Aliyah Shalei Lefiyach. So you have to understand just to, 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 to realize the Rebbe is talking right over here about his own father, who, who passed away in Golos, in Mesiris Nefesh. And the Rebbe is telling us that all those of us who connect to this tzaddik, to this holy tzaddik, Rebbe Yitzchak, are able on the day of his yard, especially through learning his Torah, are able on his yard site, and even more than on the rest of the year, to experience an aliyah, Shalei Lefiyarach. And this, if not, this is actually true in the whole Aveda. That through constantly going in time of Golos, the first is going to go through levels here. First of all, you have the Neshama, the Golos of the Neshama in the Guf. And Neshama in the Guf is now in a Golos because it was expelled from Gan Eden because of Chetet Adas. And within that Golos is another Golos because we were expelled, we were exiled from Eretz Yisrael. And within the Golos that we were, that we were removed from Eretz Yisrael, now we're being moved from place to place. In the Gemara, in Makis over there, it says that if a person killed someone B'Shoigig and he's already in the Ir Miklat, so you have to tell him to move from one neighborhood to another neighborhood because the person has to experience some level of Golos and just moving from place to place, even within the Ir Miklat, is considered a Golos. So the fact that the Yidnitz wasn't enough that we were left there at Israel, but we've been moving from place to place over the course of Golos is considered another level of Golos. And within this Golos, there is also Golos of time, and this Shabbos, which is compared to the Geula, but then there's the Avedah that we have to do during the days of the week, which is even a bigger Golos. So when we do, when we continue to uh, go up, even in the Golos of the Shalom of even in the Golos of Al-Gah being expelled from Gan Eden, even in the Golos of being exiled from Eretz Yisrael, even in the Golos of being moved from place to place, even in the Golos of the days of the week, and this is all a to the Avoidah, 
and to reaching the Darga that's even higher than Aliyah's. To reach Shabbos, to reach the seventh year, to reach the day of Shabbos la Hashem, ultimately to reach, to reach the seventh millennia, a day which will be the ultimate Shabbos, the ultimate menucha, till you get to that point, is Eila menucha, because you're constantly going to Aliyah's to Aliyah's, the hope and the goal is to reach to a place of menucha where there's no more Aliyah's, because we reach to the highest, highest level, you can't go any higher. And that's the, the time of the, 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 the time of Mashiach, which is Yem Shekulei Shabbos menucha, there's a total menucha, because we've reached Chayei may it be together with the Bala Ilula and together with our Rebbe, may it be the card of Mamish.